glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. It's your host, Matt, back at it again on Friday, January 4th. And I have some pretty exciting news to drop on you guys today. It's been in the works for about a week now, uh, trying to work out some details and get everything sorted. Uh, and it's it was officially done today. I signed uh, the contract, signed the agreement, got everything processed, pushed all the papers that I needed to push. And I am officially a part of the Pulse Podcast Network, and I can not explain how excited I am to join these guys. Uh, uh, they've been awesome. Uh, I've been talking with them, like I said, for about a week now, trying to get everything situated. Uh, and, and what that means for me, basically, is that all of my content, everything I do now, is going to be coming from them, from the Pulse Podcast Network. Uh, they are, they've, they've got sponsors for me, affiliates, everything. We're working together to put out more content. Uh, you know, we're getting to use their brand, their fans, everything uh, to grow this podcast even more. Uh, for everybody who's been with me from the beginning, I cannot thank you guys enough because this would not have been possible without you guys. The people who have been listening since the beginning, reaching out to me, telling me how much they enjoy it, asking for help, advice. Um, you guys have really pushed me to continue doing this all year because if, if I'm being honest, this, this can be a, a grind at times. Uh, you know, getting up and recording. Every single day trying to, to get yourself up and excited. I'm sure there were some days uh, that I was a little tuned out at times or didn't sound quite as excited as uh, I usually do just due to the doldrums of the regular workday and everything that just kind of beats everybody down. Uh, and I'm sure everybody listening can understand that. Uh, so, but really, you guys were the ones that kept me going. Uh, it was fun to and exciting and refreshing to hear from you guys and things that you liked and didn't like and and it's what kept pushing me and got me to this point uh, and like I said I just I, I cannot explain how excited I am to join these guys the the plan and the future that they look like they're building uh just seems amazing and I could not be more excited to join such a such a cool network that is is building up and already off the ground so quick uh and looks to be doing such a good job so what that is going to continue to mean for me is uh, now you will see me uh, pushing some of their other podcasts. These guys have uh, they're they're kicking off podcasts literally for every single team. In fact, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you saw me talking about it the other day that I was going to uh, take on another responsibility for them, and I was going to host and talk about the Cleveland Browns uh, twice a week. I was going to do a Cleveland Browns centric podcast uh, just due to how much they liked this podcast and things that were going on with this. They decided they wanted me to focus solely on this uh like i said uh since joining clipcast before them who uh does a really great job in searching other podcasts and and bringing up when we talk about certain things 
or certain players uh, that grew my uh, my listeners a little bit more, and then I have a feeling this one is going to shoot them through the roof. We we've been expanding a little bit every single week, uh, and then they really shot it up quite a couple hundred people. And uh, I imagine the Pulse Podcast Network is going to do even more than that. And uh, like I said, they've already been awesome and doing all kinds of things for me right off the beginning. And, and like I said, I just joined today, and they already had a bunch of stuff lined up. I finished signing all my paperwork today. Uh, so like I said, I just I can't explain how excited. I am to be working with those guys. If you don't follow them on Twitter, follow them. Like I said, they've got people dedicated to every single team in the NFL, NBA, MLB. Uh, now, right now, I'm only one of three fantasy podcasts, uh, and I will be promoting those guys as well. Uh, at times, I will have them on my podcast, and I will likely jump on theirs uh, to help kind of cross-promote each other. Um, because like I've always said, I've said from a, the beginning podcast, the very first one I did on here, uh, I always want to bring you guys as many viewpoints as possible when I can, uh, because I'm not always going to be right. Matter of fact, I hope I'm 50, it's 50-50 most of the time, right? Uh, no fantasy analyst is ever 100% right. Um, and so I'd always like to bring different people on to give you guys different viewpoints on players, especially players that I don't like, or obviously even players that I do like, because I could be wrong. I was talking to somebody about it earlier today. Ronald Jones was a guy that I was really big on uh, at the start of the preseason. I did sour on him a little bit, and I know we talked about this yesterday as well. Or, on sorry, yeah, yesterday, on yesterday's podcast. Uh, you know, and I soured on him a little bit, uh, but I still kept him in my top 10 because I believe that he was going to be good. And I have a very good friend of mine who evaluates prospects as well. Uh, and he wasn't. He didn't even have him in his top 12. I didn't even think he had him in his top 15. He just was not sold on Ronald Jones at all. And he gave very good points on why he wasn't sold on him. I just didn't see it that way. Uh, from what I watched and certain things that I saw and liked, I thought he was going to be better than what he showed. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to continue to try and bring to this podcast um, and the people who listen to me to help you guys win is to give you guys full aspects of what a player is. And again, like I said, I'm not always going to be right. So I feel like it's good to have other people on uh, to give their views on players as well to kind of give you guys the full picture and then let you guys make the decision because as much as I'd love to help everybody out and again I'm, I'm going to get things wrong I know that and it is it's not going to bother me I've had people hit me up on Twitter and tell me I was wrong about stuff you're right bro you're right and I, I can't do anything about it I wish I could be 100% right if I was I'd be making the big bucks on some really big network somewhere uh, you know on TV every day being like hey 100% right and to be honest with you I'd probably just go to a casino or something or go lottery bet whatever I needed to and then disappear off the face of the earth with all the money that I'd win uh, but again that's not going to happen for me obviously otherwise I probably would have done it uh, so I'd like to just do my best and uh, as much as I'd love to help everybody with their teams uh, I can't get to everybody I try to reply to DMs as early and as often as I can uh, sometimes I just get swamped with other stuff and I don't see him for a couple days and I do apologize to those of you who do it I try to get back to the emails as quick as I can as well uh, but you know like I said sometimes I got two kids a wife uh, a life to live that I can't always answer fantasy questions because I do have a uh, you know I would say not in a five job it's more like a 4 a.m to 3 p.m job uh that does kind of hold me up at times uh so that is uh, exactly why I love to bring other people on, uh, and that is actually going to grow this offseason. Uh, a lot of the stuff, uh, and a lot of the reason why I was not able to bring people on during the season uh, is I tend to record fairly early in the afternoons. Uh, most of the time when I get home from work, I, I work on different notes and what I kind of want to talk about throughout the day. Um, and then really once the season got started, it pretty much 
became the same thing every week. You knew what I was going to talk about on Mondays and Tuesdays. No, for a while there, I did do podcasts on Wednesday, Wednesdays, and then I had to stop that, uh, and then just did Thursday, Friday. So you knew I was breaking down games on Friday, Thursday night game, Monday, Tuesdays. We were recapping games. You know, once you get into the NFL season, it's pretty easy to keep going and all that, uh, and go on to your normal schedule. For the offseason, though, we're going to have all different kinds of stuff, and so my plan was going into the offseason to network more with other people. That is actually how I got in with the Pulse Podcast Network, Um, and talking to other people that I respected in the community and getting them to come on here so that we could talk more, and then in fact, actually that is going to expand into the season, but I wanted to get kind of a schedule working with a few people throughout the offseason to see how well we could get it going and everything, and now I've already gotten three guys committed to at least trying to come on at least once a week, if not every other week. Uh, to talk different stuff, and that, that that is exciting for me because, like I said, uh, I'm sure at times it's not been it, – it's just not as much fun talking by yourself as it is talking with other people. And as much as uh, you know, some people would say I love to hear myself talk, uh, and I can ramble on, as I'm sure you guys have noticed on some of the podcasts, it's going to be a whole lot more fun to talk with somebody else on fantasy, get other viewpoints, let us go at it a little bit here and there, and again, give you guys a full view of these players and what we're talking about, and help help you guys make the best decisions for your rosters uh, and your teams going forward, whether that's redraft or dynasty. So with with all that being said, though, again, I want to thank the Pulse Podcast Network so much for allowing me to join them. Uh, and, and, and supporting me and giving me everything that they've already given me and our uh, relationship moving forward. I think it's going to be very good for both of us, and I cannot wait uh, to get things started even more. You guys will see some changes to the podcast uh, just based on uh, the sponsor, uh, and I haven't had a chance to get all that figure, part figured out yet. Again, just signed everything over today. Um, so we might get different commercials and whatnot in here on the podcast. Uh, and then uh, actually... Uh, uh, we'll have to tweet it out. I haven't gotten the link yet, but I'm also partnering with Thrive Fantasy, the app. Uh, they It is being partnered with uh, the Pulse Podcast Network. They're the ones who do it. It is a daily um, sports app. I haven't had a chance to use it much yet, but I do like the interfacing of it. I, I, I do think that the way they have it set up is really cool. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out, download it. Again, it's Thrive Fantasy. I will tweet out a le- link, send out a link. Uh, if you guys use that, you guys can get... Uh, uh, get I'll, I'll do my best to get you guys a little bit of extra money here, you know, a three bucks sent your way every time you use that, um, and it'll help me out. It'll help uh, make me look good as well. So I'd appreciate you guys doing that. Just to help me look good, you know. And then, like I said, uh, I will actually do my best if you guys join the Thrive Fantasy app. Uh, if you DM me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB and let me know what your username is, I will get that that uh, free money sent to you to use for some daily betting. With all that being said, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Again, if anything else new comes up, we'll talk about it on another on another podcast. But I do want to say one more time, thank you so much to the Pulse Podcast Network uh, for letting me join them and uh, allowing this relationship uh, to grow and work together. I'm ex- super excited to see what the future brings for both of us. All right, so we talked about it yesterday. Going to jump right into it. Today is tight end day. We will be talking about the top 12 tight ends for the 2018 season. After that, I will preview all four of the games in wild card weekend. I think all four of them are going to be really good. I know there's been a lot of talk that some of these games they think will be close. One game in particular a lot of people think will not be close. 
I personally think that all four of these games are going to be extremely tight and extremely good. Uh, so I cannot wait. Um, sucks to say that I can't wait for it to get here because I want to watch some more football. But then knowing we're, we're getting closer and closer to wrapping up the season, which does suck as well. But anyways, jumping into the top 12 tight ends of the 2018 season. So the number one tight end, probably not to many surprise, although it was to me at least when I saw it. I did not think that he would uh, he finishes number one. I honestly thought he finishes number two. Number one is Travis Kelsey, finished with two hundred and thirty four point four points, an average fifteen point six three points a week, guys, and he was by far the best because the next best, and that's who I thought was going to be number one on this list was Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz finished with two eighteen point three, averaging fourteen. So Travis Kelsey uh, was a huge upgrade at the tight end position or by far uh, a winner almost every single week at the tight end position. If you had Travis Kelsey, you pretty much won the tight end position every single week. And that is huge, uh, especially for a guy who was drafted as about the third or fourth tight end this past year. For him to make that huge jump, uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes helped that a little bit. Um, but still, for him to make that big of a jump was a huge deal. I thought Zach Ertz would be there at number one. Number three, number 85 on the jersey, but number one in your hearts. My favorite tight end, George. Kittle 189.3 average 12.62 a week so that being said Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey were the only two to finish with 200 plus points uh George Kittle obviously 189 was close um and actually we're about to get to only two more tight ends again we talked about this yesterday the top five are really the only ones there's only five tight ends that finished with double-digit points every week, or average double-digit points every week, and one of them really kind of fell off there at the end, and that was number four, Eric Ebron, who finished with 176.2 points on the year and 11.75 weekly average. Again, he really fell off right at the end of the year, especially in the playoffs. Those of you who had him know uh, that it just hit the beginning. His season was awesome, and then really tailed off there at the end um, with five single-digit games there from weeks 11 to 16, uh, including two in weeks 15 and 16, which is obviously not when you want him to not show up. Number five, and the last guy with double-digit weekly average, Jared Cook, 155.3 points on the year, 10.35 weekly average. Then moving on into the rest of the tight ends, and uh, I have a feeling that this might change some next year. That being what what I mean by that is uh, I don't think that the tight end position is going to be this bad next year. I do think that some of these guys that we're about to talk about are going to take a step upward. Uh, but I do think that someone like Gronk, for instance, and I'll discuss it more when I get to him. I do think that he is going to start finishing exactly where he finished this year, if not retire at the end of this year. But number seven, I'm sorry, number six is Austin Hooper. Eleven, my goodness, guys. 118.3 points, average 7.89 points a week. Number seven was Kyle Rudolph, 115.5 points on the year, 7.70 points uh, on the week. And that is extremely surprising to me because Kyle Rudolph did not have a good year. A lot of what helped his uh 
his points really shoot up in all honesty was his 28-point game at the end of the year when he caught that Hail Mary pass. Uh, only had three double-digit weeks on the entire year, which is a far cry from what he did the year prior. Number eight, Trey Berton. 115.3 points on the year, average 7.69. Crazy to think considering how much hype was around him at the beginning of the year. Number 9, David Njoku, just 108.2 points on the year, averaging 7.21. Disappointing year for David Njoku. Um, I do think that a lot of it goes back to his knee injury. Uh, he did suffer a knee injury. I believe it was in like week 6, and he struggled from that point on really only had a couple good games, most of those coming from when he scored. Um, I do think that he'll be fine next year, especially with another year of Baker under that under center and in control of that offense. Number 10, Rob Gronkowski. 105.3 points on the year, 8.77 weekly average. I personally do think that Gronk is done. Uh, he has just not looked the same all this year. Didn't really look the same last year either. Just looks beat up. His body just looks like it is just completely torn down. Um, I, I feel for the guy. I could honestly see him retiring this year. Uh, there is a saying in the NFL once you're thinking retirement, you're already done uh, because your head's not fully into the game. Uh, we do know that he was serious about talking about retirement last year. Maybe that was some of the fact due to um, them losing in the Super Bowl, though a lot of people said that he had brought it up before the Super Bowl. I could see, you know, possibly right after the Super Bowl thinking, you know what, uh, I'm just done. I'm, I'm getting beat up. I don't want to do this anymore because it's an emotional, emotional reaction to that. You don't want to lose such a big game. No matter how many times you've won the Super Bowl, you want to win it again when you get there. This is those guys' life, uh, their dream to get there and win these Super Bowls. So to lose like that, especially uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles the way that they did, uh, I could have understood that being an emotional reaction, but all the talk was that he had talked about doing that beforehand, and so I do think that that uh, lends credence to what is going on with him this year, and I could see him retiring. Number 11, O.J. Howard. Crazy to think that O.J. Howard finished number 11, uh, missing the back half of the season from week 12 on, obviously dealing with that injury. Uh, crazy to think that he still finished up there at number 11. That was a pretty good year for O.J. Howard, and I would expect him to jump up even higher up into the rankings next year. So for O.J. Howard, he finished with 103.5 points on the year, 10.3 five uh weekly average and then number 12 vance mcdonald he finished with 102.6 points on the year 7.33 weekly average so the n mvp of the titans has to go to travis kelsey it just has to um again by far was the best tight end on the year for fantasy Again, he finished 16 points better than Zach Ertz, who was the number two tight end, and then was a full point and about 13 points, so 1.3 points better than uh, on the weekly average as well. So Travis Kelsey was almost likely a win every single week. He has to get the MVP, in my opinion, for the tight ends. For the most surprising of the year, I think it's got to go to George Kittle too. George Kittle... 
my guy, George Kittle, guy I love, and again, um, was promoted highly by me and again, friends of our friends of my podcast and myself, the Back Row Fantasy Show, huge huge fans of George Kittle. They promoted him all offseason as well. Uh, so if you guys ever have time when you're not listening to me, check them out. They're a good group of dudes. Uh, they promoted him very highly as well. Was drafted as the number nine tight end according to ADP and the tight ends. In most drafts, he was the number nine tight end taken off the board. Finishes as the number three tight end on the year. Great year for him. Little concerned about him going into next year because uh, he didn't have quite as big games with Jimmy Garoppolo than when he did when C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins took over. But still, I think he is by far the best weapon uh, at the tight end position. Well, obviously he's the best tight end weapon at tight end position for the 49ers, but I do think he's one of the better weapons they have in the receiving game, uh, so I think that he's going to be fine. The most disappointing player in for the tight end position, I think it's got to be Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram was a guy who was drafted as a number two, three to four tight end in most leagues, and he severely disappointed this year. Finishing as the 16th tight end on the year with 85.2 points. Uh, just again, I know that injury had some to deal with, it, and I did say that uh, that's why I wouldn't drop AJ Green down there, especially with the fact that uh, that he was injured and that kind of cost him his season finishing so low at the wide receiver position. But again, for someone who got drafted so highly, again, third to fifth tight end off the board in most drafts, to finish as a 16th and just really give you nothing almost the entire year, except for in the playoffs, which, well, it does matter then. Chances are you didn't have him on your team at that point, so chances are he didn't do much for you anyways. And last but not least, my rookie of the year for tight end is Chris Herndon. Dude was awesome. Talked about him in my tight ends coming out of the draft. Uh, didn't think he'd do, obviously, as good as he did, uh, but I did like him. Thought next year would be his breakout year. He clicked with Sammy Darnold there in the middle of the season and throughout the end. One of those guys that if you can get him in the Dynasty League, I hope you pick him up because this dude looks like he's going to be a solid tight end option for a while. We eating all day, bro. <laughs> So for the first game we have going on tomorrow afternoon, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Houston being given the 61% chance to win this game, and they are the 1.5 favorites. I like the Colts in this one, to be honest with you guys. So the Texans have by far the best defensive line in this game. Uh, They do a very good job of stopping the run. That is not what Indianapolis does. Indianapolis lately has been lying, relying on Andrew Luck, that arm, and those wide receivers, which is surprising considering we're talking about guys like Zach Pascal, 
Chester Rogers and Dontrell Inman. I actually like Dontrell Inman in this game. I think he could be very good. I like T.Y. Hilton as well, though I don't expect him to go off as he is still dealing with an ankle injury, but he has gone off against the Texans the past couple times they have played each other and had awesome games. Love Andrew Luck as well. I, again, think that the Colts are going to win this game, um, and I could honestly see the Colts winning in the next round as well, whether they go up against the Patriots or they go up against the Chiefs. I think this team has the defense and the offense to get by just about anybody. I could see them easily coming out of the AFC, actually, because this defense is legit. For me, if you're doing a playoff challenge, I would avoid... Depending on which one you're doing, I shouldn't say I would avoid. Depending on what kind you're doing, if you're doing the multiplier one, I wouldn't mind throwing Marlon Mack or Naheem Hines into your RB2 slot this week. Even though I don't think they'll do a whole lot against the Texans, if they win, you will get that times two multiplier next week. And the Patriots and Chiefs defenses do not scare me for the Colts. I would definitely play T.Y. and Andrew Luck and the Colts defense along with Eric Ebron. On the Houston Texans side, if you think the Houston Texans are going to win. I personally do not. Obviously, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins are easy goes. Um, again, a multiplier. If you want to throw Lamar Miller in there at the RB2, I guess you could, but I think there's a lot better running backs you could throw in there. He, he'd be a desperate play for me. Uh, unless you have, or in one of those leagues like I am, where you have to use a certain player from every team, or you're only allowed to use two players from every team, if you get stuck using Lamar Miller, hope that the Texans get by this game, and you can use him next week. But that's it for the Houston Texans side. I, I don't think they have anything else you could play their defense Technically, although I wouldn't, and again, I, I have the Colts winning this game. I do think it's going to be obviously a close game. Vegas agrees with the with the one point five uh, split there. Uh, I just I just don't see the Texans winning it. I know the Texans won. Interestingly enough, uh, the Texans beat them. Uh, to go on to a nine-game winning streak, that was the game in overtime where the Colts decided to go for it on fourth down in their territory. They didn't get it. Texans got the short field and ended up kicking the field goal to win. Kicked off a nine-game winning streak until they lost in their 10th game against the Colts at home at, at in uh, Reliant Stadium. I think of their Reliant Stadium now. Or NRG Stadium, I guess is technically what it's called. Uh, then, so they beat Houston there in NRG Stadium, and I think they can do it again. I really like the Colts in this matchup. The night game, I think, is going to be one of the better games this weekend. And again, I actually think all four of these games are going to be awesome. It's going to be a phenomenal playoff weekend, I think. We have the Seattle Seahawks going into Jerry World against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys favored to win this game 57 by 57% and are being given given two points for Seattle. Russell Wilson, easy start for me in a playoff challenge if you think they're going to get by Dallas. This is one of the hardest games for me to decide. I've been going back and forth for the past few days on these guys thinking that possibly Seattle could be there or then maybe Dallas can make it. Dallas is much better at home than they are on the road, and Seattle is much better at home than they are on the road. So I think that does favor Dallas, and I am going to officially go with Dallas, unfortunately. Um, but Russell Wilson, if again, if you think that the Seahawks can get by the Cowboys this weekend, I would be fine playing Russell Wilson because I do think then that they could still go up and hang with New Orleans and they can hang with the Los Angeles Rams, especially the Rams, uh, who I think they probably have the better chance of playing. Um, 
I, I honestly think that Russell Wilson could easily go into L.A. and get it done. Uh, so, Russell Wilson, if you think the Seattle Seahawks are going to go on, I do not. If you do, he is definitely worth going. Chris Carson as well, because Chris Carson is going to get a heavy workload. Other than those two, though, Doug Baldwin, I think, is a little bit of a stretch. He's looked good coming on as of late, uh, but still dealing a little bit with the injuries. I'd be worried to play Doug Baldwin as one of my wide receivers. I just think there's too many guys, uh, too many other guys to play. For Dallas, I honestly think it's just Zeke. I just don't see being able to play anybody else. Uh, Amari Cooper, obviously, he can have those big games, but just too often of late, he, he's too boomer bust in a playoff challenge. Whether you're getting the multipliers or it's a one-and-done scenario, I just couldn't trust using Amari Cooper because I don't know when he's going to boom or when he's going to bust, and you need the boom every single week. Dak, uh, I think it's the uh, same as Russell Wilson. I just, I wouldn't, tr- oh, I trust Russell Wilson. I wouldn't trust Dak that much. I heard some people, um, you know, like the Will Kane show talking about how he's like the sixth best quarterback in the playoffs right now. I don't see that at all. I see him more toward the bottom. Yeah, he can rush and he can run the ball, but he has not shown much in the passing game here as of late. He's looked better, but still not great. I would not trust Dak. That's just me. I would trust their defense, though. I trust their defense. It's been awesome all year long, all the way going back into last season. Their defense has been good, even though the team hasn't been, uh, or at least the team wasn't last year. They've obviously been good this year. Uh, So I would trust to play that defense as well, along with Zeke. Next up, the early Sunday game, we have the Los Angeles Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens. The Chargers being given the 50.8% chance to win this game, and the Ravens are 2.5 favorites. For the Chargers, unless you are using a multiplier challenge, I personally would not play Phillip Rivers. I try to avoid him at all costs. I I do think that um, the Chargers are going to win this game. Uh, I do think that the beatdown they suffered by the Baltimore Ravens literally just a couple weeks ago uh, is going to help them. That defense just looked like they couldn't get into it. And it was a much closer game than it looked early on. Baltimore, though, did control the game. I think this defense now has a better idea of what Lamar Jackson can and can't do. I think that they're going to be able to come out and shut him down. I expect the offense to play better as well, though they are traveling and playing in an early time slot, which does tend to favor teams like Baltimore. I still like the Chargers. Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen, I think, are big plays here. I like them. I would not trust Hunter Henry. I know there's a lot of talk about him coming back and playing. Dude hasn't played all season, and now he's going to get his first snaps in the playoffs. I just personally would not trust it. If you guys want to shoot for it, he is by far probably the most high upside play at tight end you can go for because no one's expecting him and chances are nobody's going to have him in their lineups. Uh, I... I'm trying to. I do kind of like Mike Williams to go off in a couple of these matchups as well, uh, because I do think Keenan Allen could be heavily targeted. So I actually have used Mike Williams again in some of those where you can only use certain players and you can only use like say two from a team. So Mike Williams is a guy I have been targeting. uh, Not going to be used in a lot of uh, challenges or playoff challenges or on playoff rosters that could be a high upside guy, uh, because I actually think the Chargers are going to go pretty far in this playoff run. For the Baltimore Ravens, uh, for me, I think you can play Gus Edwards this week. I do think he'll have a decent game here uh, because I do think they're going to rely on him to run the ball a little bit more than Lamar Jackson. I personally would not trust Lamar Jackson. Um, I I saw the flaws in his game in the Cleveland game. Uh, For instance, at the end of the game, all they had to do was get a first down. It was like a third and two. 
All they needed to do is get the first down, and game's over. They're able to run that clock out on the Browns, and they did not trust Lamar Jackson to throw the ball, so they tried to do a little option pitch, and it was eaten up in the backfield, and that is his biggest problem. They cannot trust him to throw the ball when they need him to the most. I don't think he's going to get it done in this one. I could be wrong, uh, but history speaks otherwise in really young quarterbacks starting playoff games. He is by far the youngest quarterback to ever start a playoff game. I personally do not trust him. If you want to, go right ahead. And for me, again, really, it's just Gus Edwards. If you're feeling a little lucky, Kenneth Dixon, I think, could put up some points at the running back position as well. Uh, but I don't trust any of these wide receivers until Lamar Jackson can prove to me he can throw the ball. The last game of the weekend, the Sunday afternoon game, uh, early afternoon game, technically, a 3 o'clock start or 3.40 start, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears. So this one is the most interesting game to me because Chicago is being given the 69% chance to win this game, and they are 6.5 favorites. I don't think it's going to be that big. I think this is going to be a very good game and much tighter than people are giving it. For Philly's side, Zacherts. That's it. I can't, as much as I know Nick Foles has that playoff magic, and we all love him, I can't trust him personally. I would not trust to put him in there. Just me personally, same with Josh Adams, Alshon Jeffrey. For me, it's just Zach Ertz. He's the only guy that I could play. For the Chicago Bears, I like Mitch Trubisky a little bit here. His rushing ability, uh, while he hasn't really thrown the ball quite as well as he did earlier in the season before, obviously the shoulder injury, I do think that Mitch Trubisky could be a deep sleeper here, especially if you get the multipliers, because if the Bears are able to make it to the Super Bowl like many people have predicted, nobody's going to have Mitch Trubisky going. And then if you get the times four multiplier on him, even if he only gets 15 points in the Super Bowl game, you're getting a times four multiplier on 15 points where most people probably aren't going to have that. So I like Mitch Trubisky here. For the running backs, I'd lean Tariq Cohen just because he's more explosive, has the higher upside for me. Uh, Jordan Howard, I think, has kind of become that boom bust. Uh, the touchdown's going to save your day or make your day kind of play at this point. Uh, I would trust Tariq Cohen. I like Allen Robinson and Trey Berton as well at the tight end position. Uh, but tight end, like I said, tight end, unfortunately for this playoffs, is very thin outside of a couple of the teams, obviously, that uh, have buys this week. Uh, well, really, just Travis Kelsey, actually, on the buys, because uh, I don't really trust Gronk. Really, the Saints don't have one. Neither do the Rams as uh, well. So, yeah, it's just just Travis Kelsey. So, for me, I think it's Travis Kelsey and uh, and Zach Ertz, really. Eric Ebron, if you think the Lux, uh, the Lux, you have the Andrew Lux of the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Andrew Lux. The Indianapolis Colts tight end, I think, could go far as well. Because I think the you know I think the Colts could go far, which means Ebron could get you a lot of points. And I have, anyways, besides getting on my little uh, tight end tangent there, I have the Chicago Bears barely winning this game. I don't think it's going to be a six point uh, spread there. I think that it's going to be more of like a field goal game. Uh, just real quick before we end the podcast, I'll give you guys my rundown of the top ten for the playoff challenges at each position. So my number one. 
it's got to be Patrick Mahomes uh, just because of what he could put up. Even if he gets knocked out next week, the amount of points that he could possibly put up is going to be ridiculous. Number two for me right now is still Drew Brees. Uh, Even though they've leaned more on the running game and he hasn't quite put up the points in the passing game he has, I trust that the Saints and Saints are the one team I could see going very far. I could see him making the Super Bowl. They're the best team right now in the NFL, in my opinion. So he's got to be number two. Number three for me, it's got to be Andrew Luck because I actually have the Colts going very far as well. I have the Colts making the AFC Championship game. Uh, So for me, Andrew Luck is number three. Number four is Jared Goff. Uh, I like the Rams. I do expect them to at least get one game. Obviously, they're going to get the one game, possibly two, and they obviously have one of the highest scoring offenses. They're going to be right up there. Number five, Tom Brady with the Patriots. Number six, I have Mitchell Trubisky. Number seven, I have Russell Wilson. Number eight, Phillip Rivers. Number nine, Dak Prescott. Number 10, Nick Foles. Number 11, Lamar, Lamar Miller, Lamar Jackson. And then, of course... I messed that up, guys. Big time. Number 12 is Lamar Jackson. I have Deshaun Watson at number 6. So just replace all those others. I I apologize. I'm an idiot. For running back, my top one is still going to be Todd Gurley, just based on what he can do. Uh, But right behind him is Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, Damian Williams at number 4. Number five, I have Chris Carson. Number six, uh, next up I've got Tariq Cohen. Then I'm going to go with Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, Melvin Gordon, Gus Edwards, and then Tariq. Oh, I already named Tariq Cohen. God, I'm an idiot, man. I have my notes all messed up here, guys. And I apologize about that. It should be more organized, but it's late. Very late, unfortunately, for me right now. Jordan Howard and then Josh Adams. My top wide receivers for the playoff challenge. Number one, Michael Thomas. Number two, Tyreek Hill. Number three, Keenan Allen. Number four, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Number five, T.Y. Hill. Ten. Number six, Allen Robinson. That's right, Allen Robinson. No, I'm sorry, Robert Woods. Goodness gracious, guys, I apologize. Number six, Robert Woods. Number seven, Allen Robinson. Number eight, I have as Amari Cooper. Number nine, Doug Baldwin. Number 10, I have the one, the only, Mike Williams. Number 11, Al Sean Jeffrey. And then number 12, Julian Edelman. I know, Julian Edelman all the way down to 12, guys. I know, crazy, right? And then the top 12 tight ends. There's really not 12 of them, but we're going to have to list at least one from every team here, unfortunately. Number one has got to be Travis Kelsey. Number two for me, even though I think he's going to get eliminated in the first game, is Zach Ertz. Number three for me is Eric Ebron. Number four is Trey Berton. Number five for me is actually going to be... Rob Gronkowski, even though I'm still a little bit worried about what he can do, the rest of this field is unfortunately pretty crap, so that is why I have him there. Number six, I have as Jordan Thomas of the Texans. Number seven, I have as Mr. Jeff Swain of the Dallas Cowboys. Number eight, 
Mark Andrews of the Ravens. Number nine, I have Nick Vanette of the Seattle Seahawks. Number 10, Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Rams. Number 11, Dan Arnold of the New Orleans Saints. And then, of course, number 12 is still Antonio Gates because, I, like I said, I do not expect Hunter Henry to be back and do much in this in these matchups or in these playoffs. And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. Please rate and review it on iTunes. If you guys get a moment, drop me a line on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. And again, thank you so much to the Pulse Podcasting Network for uh, now continuing or starting a relationship and working with me and being the network for my podcast. I truly appreciate you guys reaching out and helping me get this deal done. You guys are awesome. Can't wait to continue working with you guys moving forward. Enjoy the playoffs this weekend. Should be a lot of great games, guys. Uh, And I will, you know, that's it, really. Enjoy the games. Hope your playoff teams do well. If you have anybody in the playoffs or your playoff challenge teams do well. Uh, And we will be back on Monday. Have yourselves a good weekend. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Peace. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me.